Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with... Akusia Otre. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. Ask them to release those kids to be in the house because even Friday, will be, they'll be vacating on Friday. So there is no difference between today and, and, and Friday. And looking at the water level, I don't think uh, we have to allow them to come in. It's a rainy season again, and it's almost becoming a normal thing to have flooding as a result of rains. But for residents of parts of the Volta and Greater Accra regions, the season also causes uproar in the sea, which results in displacement. We we'll touch base with communities affected by the weekend's floods. Also coming up, in Sege, in the Greater Accra region, the NPP has suspended its former parliamentary candidate. It appears there's a clash between her and the constituency executives. And later on Eyewitness News, NPP flag bearer aspirant Alan Kwajo Tremantin returns nomination forms to his party headquarters, saying he's very confident of victory. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business... The AGI signals local industries may fall out on after due to tax imposition. That's in 15 minutes from the business desk of CTFM and City TV. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations. We are on Eagle FM 94.1 in the Vice President's hometown of Wale Wale. We are in Laura on Westlink 88.1 FM. We are in Zuarungu on Word FM 88.3 in the traditional capital of Dagbang. As Yendi, we are on Dasuma 99.1 FM. We are in Hokwe on Heritage 107.3 FM. We are in Pando on Akpini Radio 96.7 FM. We are in Kumasi on Orange 107.9 FM. We are in Gosu on Hames Radio 106.5. We are in Sunyani on Greener 95.9 FM. If you go to Takradi, we are on multiple stations, including Premier 100.5 FM. Beach 105.5 FM and Sky Power 93.5 FM. The show is interactive. Do join us on WhatsApp 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. Send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Tweet at Umaru Sanda or at City973. And the world will hear what you think. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We're live on citynewsroom.com. We're live across the world broadcasting from number 11 dr martin loop in adabraka in accra it's a silly rainy season and uh, parts of the volta and greater accra regions often get submerged as a result of the flooding now what happened over the weekend in the volta region is that is resulting in so many people being displaced it is not news if you've been following the community the only news is that more people have been affected. 
Akosia has our story. The municipal chief executive for Kitu South, Maxo Lugudo, has directed that basic school pupils in communities affected by the flood to be shut down while the situation persists. The flooding, which resulted from three weeks of continuous downpour, has caused destructions to several homes and cordoned several parts of the community from social amenities. Some schools have equally been impacted with water rising up to knee level in and around some basic schools. Mr. Lugudon, in an interview with City News, said he had given the direction in consultation with directors of education in the interest of saving lives. In some of the areas, the citizens or the people in the area at the other side, they are scared that if you open that path, the, the, the water may even affect them. We have to sit down and convince them that they will not sit down for the water to affect them. So as much as quickly, I called for all those matters, the stakeholders, so that we can see a way of quickly finding a path for the water to flow into the bigger lagoon. All right, so how about those who are displaced, those who cannot access their homes? What, what's your plan for them? Yes, unless we find a path for the water to flow, for all these stable uh, uh, waters to flow through, uh, there wouldn't be any way for them to go. So as I said earlier on, as quickly as possible, we even call a, 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 for a machine, the, the, the smaller machine that can help us create a path for them. This is not, we can use the, 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 the simple tools like hose and uh, shovel to do this. It's not for that. So that is actually what we are doing now. Okay. Is there, oh. is, is there a place to temporarily relocate some of these people? Uh, yes. Especially... Um, those who do not have any close relatives around to, to, you know. Yes, actually, luckily for us, everybody have a close relative around. Uh, what actually is happening, is, this is an unexpected a thing that happened. Uh, we didn't prepare any place now for them to lay their heads. Uh, I had a chat with some of the chiefs in the areas that they can find a place for them, especially we are advising people who have close relatives around, that they can stay there for a the time whilst we work on something as quickly as possible. What are the numbers? How many, how many people are we looking at? Uh, going around, you can also see yourself. But uh, the, the information I'm having from, the data from the NADMO, is 2,000 plus. Household or individuals? Individuals. Okay. You said, I understand this is the first time this has happened in about 10 years. Should this continue? Should, should the rains continue like the way they came for the past three weeks? What's the, what's the medium to long term plan? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we have to do it and do it once and for all. Because definitely the rain will be coming. We can't stop it. We don't have that power to stop the rain. So what we are going to do now is to look for that machine to quickly open the, the, the path for the water to go to the main uh, lagoon. That is the only way for now. What happened to schools that have been affected? And we are in the exam time and some of them are writing exam. Uh, what is the way forward? Yes, I asked we were going around, you can see I was discussing this with uh, the, the masters of the, or the headmasters of the school. I even called the regional director, uh, the, the municipal director of education. That as for the lower level, for instance, the kids, the kindergartens, I don't think uh, their exams, even though it's necessary, not that to the extent where we should be losing a life. So I asked them to release those kids to be in the house because even Friday, will be, they'll be vacating on Friday. So there is no difference between today and, and, and Friday. And then looking at the water level, I don't think uh, we have to allow them to come in. So they have agreed to let the lower level be in the house while the GSS who are writing the exams, uh, they can that manage was voice of Maxo. Friday.
That was the voice of Max Olugudo. He's the MC for Kitu South in the Volta region. Let's go to Benjamin Aklama. He's our correspondent in the Volta region. Uh, ben, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. So you have been in the Kitu South area all day. There are a lot of issues with the part of the sea waves coming into people's homes, which we've been reporting over the period. The part where it is raining now and uh, the water, the floods are coming down, the rainwaters are causing flooding. And also the part that even the Volta River itself, uh, when it terminates into the sea, would also have some consequences on the volumes of water. Please unpack the issues for us and then and, and let us know what the, what, the, what the way forward is so far on what you've been learning. Right, good evening, Sandra. Uh, to provide perspective, the coastal belt of the of the Volta region, especially from uh, Angola down towards uh, Aflau, lies in between the sea to the right and the lagoon to, to the left, with several wetlands within the enclave. Now, these often uh, result in flooding in the area, especially when uh, the tides of, of the sea rage into the community. It brings distraction to lots of homes and displaces lots of people. But this time, it's uh, quite a different story, especially in the Kessel South municipality. Those are the things they had experienced in about 2010, 2011, thereabout, and had never experienced flooding from uh, torrential rains until this time. Now, they say that uh, it's because a certain road has been constructed by a benevolent citizen, uh, which road was not properly engineered to allow for the free flow of water through uh, the lagoon areas into uh, the sea area especially. And that is why several parts of the Ketu South municipality is getting flooded. So the situation as we speak is that several homes uh, have been flooded and about 2,000 people, according to the NADMO, have been displaced and have had to join uh, pillows with uh, family and friends around. Unfortunately, the water is receding into other communities which initially did not suffer the flood. And so more homes, according to the organization, is getting impacted by the flood. I see. So it, it, is, it is a number of people who have been displaced again. And is it the same areas that we witnessed a flood in the last time? Or the, the, the water is claiming more communities? The water is claiming more communities compared to what happens during the, the tidal wave uh, rage. The, the tidal uh, wave normally impacts Blakusua, Dinant, Salakofe, and those areas which are very close to the sea. In this case, the floods are impacting communities that are quite further away from the sea, including Agbozume, part of Kliko, and a certain part of uh, Aflau proper, close to the borderline, where uh, the water is flowing in from the Togolese side. So the, the numbers are uh, probably relatively larger this time because the, the floods are impacting homes that are even further away from the sea. Indeed, the, uh, homes that are too, so close to the sea that normally suffer the tidal uh, wave rages uh, are not so much impacted this time around. It's mostly communities that are close to the lagoon and wetland areas that are being impacted. Another thing worth mentioning is that the lagoon and the wetland areas are breaking their banks because of the sheer quantum of water that is pouring into them from the torrential rain, and that is causing uh, the, the water to recede into homes and low-lying areas within the area, causing people uh, discomfort, lots of discomfort. Certainly, some people slept outside their homes yesterday, and some may do so tonight. What numbers are we talking about? That is the, the 2,000 figure that the NADMO is referring to. Unfortunately, not everybody is willing to even speak to the media about, about their situation. I mean, their claim is that 
Uh, this is not the first time a thing like that had happened. And they, they are blaming the condition on the construction of the route, but do not want the government or the municipal assembly to create a, a nook through the road, like uh, to construct a culvert to allow the water to flow through the road because they said they had suffered the bad route for several years and made several calls on the government to come and construct the route, and they failed to do so until one uh, uh, Ajah, who is a native of the area, came to construct the route for them, albeit not properly done, but they would not even uh, allow the assembly to break through the road and construct the culvert to allow the water to recede. That situation is what is holding the water mainly, according to the assembly engineer and the, 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 the chief executive of the area. That is what is holding the water in the area and causing the floods. I must also mention that it's not just the Keta South uh, municipality that is suffering the flooding. I'm speaking to you currently from the Keta Business College in the Keta municipality, which uh, has lost its kitchen to the flood. So the kitchen women are now cooking in the dining hall because the kitchen is barely accessible and the switch woven where uh, they, which they cook in with firewood is, is, is wet with, 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 with the floods and the cooking cannot happen there. So the students are now compelled to feed in uh, uncompleted structures while uh, the, the kitchen women use the kitchen, uh, sorry, the dining hall as the kitchen. So in your movements, you would have to be wading through water or you would have to use canoes. How is movement generally in the communities like? How are people moving? I am currently dressed in my Wellington boot and my life jacket because uh, I need to use a canoe at some point and I need to move through water at some point. And it's relatively very dangerous because some people have dug nooks to, to either accumulate water or to have the water that's flooding their, their homes recede into, into those uh, 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 nooks. And those have become dangerous traps uh, if you are not careful moving around, especially if you do not know the terrain. It's become a, quite a dangerous situation. So uh, I am dressed in my, my, life jacket, my life jacket and my Wellington boot. Other people are managing through the water. In some of the communities, there are canoes put on uh, some of the flooded areas to convey, especially uh, children who are going to school uh, across to and fro, and also co convey market women and other people who are just flying the area uh, to and fro. I see. You talked about school students, uh, or students there, not school students, students there. Uh, the information is that the schools have been closed. Is it all schools or just certain schools in the catchment area? Well, this is supposed to be for schools in the, within the catchment area and also just for basic school children. Uh, the MCE says that in consultation with the educational offices, they have agreed that uh, it is not worth risking the lives of uh, the especially the business school children. And more so, schools are expected to vacate come Friday. And so for, for the business school students, uh, pupils, uh, really, they, they're allowed to just stay home until the vacation time is due. But for the JHS, uh, uh, pupils who are expected to be of age and probably be able to handle themselves, they are allowed to manage to school if their school is accessible. But this, this, is, this only applies to schools that are accessible. Some schools are not at all accessible the entire area is flooded and it's very difficult to even access uh, the classrooms. The solution now is for the local assembly to move and work on the roads. You're saying that there's resistance to that. What that means is that there's a standoff and that standoff would mean the water will remain there for a while, isn't it? Well, that is what it seems like. Uh, as we speak, one community has agreed and uh, I understand the, 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 the road has been broken uh, to allow for water to, to, to go through uh, with the intention to con construct 
um, um, a culvert on, on, on that part of the road later on. But uh, the other community, which is the major, uh, uh, has the major blockade to, to the water, has, has uh, refused. Uh, what we got there this, this uh, afternoon, the entire community, the women came shouting that they were not going to agree, that they suffered bad roads for long. This is not the, the doing of the road. Nobody should touch the road. Thank you so much for, for, for speaking to us and for, for going there to cover this story for us, Ben. My pleasure, sir. That's Benjamin Aklama. He's our correspondent in the Volta region. The National Disaster Management Organization, NADMO, has been talking, hasn't it? Akosha. Yes, the regional director for NADMO, Ivy Amewuga, says her outfit is compiling data and will supervise necessary relief items to the victims. We came to Ketusal this afternoon. Went to some of the places that were affected. Uh, Ativuta, um, but some of the Babanao Kofe, and then at Babanao Kofe, the basic school there was equally affected with uh, enrollment of over 250 pupils. Okay, and then right now, currently, we are at uh, AME Zion, that's Agbozume. All these communities are also in Abuzme and Krim. So, uh, so far we have we have been to the places, we've assessed the situation. We realized that there were certain things that were causing the flood. Some places were blocked. Uh, some roads were constructed which um, needed expert advice on their construction, but apparently uh, the individual that constructed the road for that community uh, didn't seek for expert advice before doing it. Hence, the people behind where the road was constructed are now facing the effects of uh, the construction. So, so far we've come to a conclusion that there are certain places that need to be cut for the water to recede back into the lagoon. Until that is done, those communities will continue suffering uh, because once there is a blockage, the water cannot flow. So until those places are cut, uh, one community have agreed and then they've created uh, a path for the, uh, the water to move freely. But the other community are saying that they won't agree for the road to be cut, uh, which the MCE have assured us that it will talk to the community uh, so that they listen to the advice because that is the best thing to do so that other people can also uh, get their homes back but until that is done we will still be facing this problem all right so temporarily while, while you seek to convince them uh, to allow you to cut the roads what's the plan for safety for those who have lost their homes and cannot uh, return home? yeah um with uh, what I have gotten from grounds, the MC assured me, you saw them uh, with us. So they have gotten some safe havens for those whose uh, homes have been flooded. And I'm sure that appropriate actions are being taken to move those people to uh, their various safe havens, hopefully. Yeah. Charlie, any, any arrangement for temporary relief item to some. She said uh, he, he, she referred to heaven. So relief items, those who have lost their clothes and uh, 
especially mattresses, yeah, uh, blankets yeah. and stuff like that. Any so plans? That, that's the, yeah. Yes, um, with what we have gotten and the figures that we have gotten now on grounds, uh, my operations team are already compiling the reports. We are going to send some uh, e uh, uh, reports to the headquarters operation team once we even before we get to home from here so hopefully i'll put in a request and then i'm hoping because i've already informed the headquarters of what is happening on my way here so definitely uh, they are also on standby to get this report and then make some relief available so definitely some uh, little relief will be given to those who need them Sorry, I wanted to say some relief will be given them. Don't bring the little. <laughs> okay, so 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 some relief will be given to those who need them. Uh, I want you to tell about this. You were saying because of the route, the construction. So that was Ivy Amewuga. She is the K2 North Regional Director for NADMO. Now the Adan West Municipal Assembly in Accra says it has written to appropriate government agencies to appeal for funds to build a sea defence wall that will protect the community. This comes after tidal waves hit communities in Adan West on June 9, rendering hundreds homeless. Speaking to City News, the Chief Executive for the Assembly, Samuel Tetekpangpa, says he is also calling on private investors to support the community we, we are we are sending the uh, report to the nagbo regional office and then the, we'll see what will be the 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 reaction but then the, as usual the, the the problem have in my area have to be solved by uh, we wanted to do the uh, sea defense if we should have the the, the, the chance other than that, this has been happening and relief items, the people are fed up with relief items. So bringing the relief item this time around, I don't think we, we don't think we'll solve the problem. So we, we, we are writing to the regional office seeking for uh, sea defense. No, we are only seeking for uh, the, uh, private uh, sector investors and then those operating in the area, whoever is uh, that wanted to help the district, we, we are ready. Uh, doors are open for anybody with an idea that can help us to uh, get sea defense and therefore change the, 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 the situation. Samson Tetekbangba is the chief executive officer of the Adan West Municipal Assembly. Now the Ablekuma North Municipal Assembly in Accra has announced the desilting of drainage systems from tomorrow, June 13. This information was disclosed during a visit by the Minister of Local Government, Decentralization and Rural Development, Dan Boche, to the MMTCs. Now the Ablekuma North Municipal Chief Executive, Kufi Furu, explained to the media that the work in his municipality would have been delayed due to a procurement process. I believe in good work done to rush. I said, because we are coming in two weeks' time, when we started today, and it's really tomorrow, what do we do? Do we say, because you are coming, so what can we do? So let's pray to God that we give us good weather. So that from tomorrow when we start, by two weeks' time, by the time you come here, whatever you want to see, that is what you come and meet. Wherever we have reached, Mm. Will the machine move to site tomorrow? Because all the place mm. we are going to, we haven't seen the machine. Mm. All the place we are starting 
tomorrow. Tomorrow. Including the deployment. Don't worry. Of when you come here tomorrow, then we have started. Today, we haven't started. So you will see it. Kofi Furi is a Blakeman North Municipal Chief Executive in Accra. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You welcome back. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. Let's bring some of the messages you've been sending through. Aaron Babako Kokomisa uh, from Accra says, The best way to fight corruption in the system is when the media continues to hold duty bearers accountable and making sure that right to information bill is fully executed. Next message that is coming through uh, from Emil Akwensivi in Sujama. He says, the rain is in again, and the people who usually experience this situation must take caution and move to safety. Uh, this one says, I really cannot fathom uh, why we behave the way we do as Ghanaians. Flooding has now become an annual nat natural disaster when it's, actual, uh, it's actually caused by humans. You want to say Paul Akajunia from Hafomim there. Fiamogo in Abo says, uh, teachers in this country are really suffering. But it seems no one cares about them. They suffer and cross floods before going to school. Uh, this one uh, from Jones at the Boring Line says, This government's lackadaisical attitude towards water region is bad. Uh, this issue with tidal waves and flooding has been an issue since. But as usual, they're careless about it. Uh, more messages are coming through. I'll go to them. Uh, this is Irene's News on 97.37. Let's go to Sege now. It's a constituency in the greater Accra region, um, currently has an NDC member of parliament who has lost his parliamentary primaries. But on the MPP side of things, things aren't looking that good. Prince Akoto is a sec Sege constituency secretary of the NPP. You're welcome to Eyewitness News, sir. Thank you very much. Why have you suspended your parliamentary candidate who led you to war in 2020? <laughs> oh, good evening to you. Um, good evening to our listeners. Yes, yeah, so um, you know, in every party there is a constitution that does our conduct. And uh, uh, issues of discipline in the political party are very key to ensuring that we have a successful electoral process. So, uh, it just so happened that our sister found herself at the wrong side of the law and she would need to be uh, put right. But these are internal party issues and we expected that they remain so uh, rather unfortunate that it got to you people. Well, it's gotten to us already and it's become national news now. So maybe you want to share with us. I've looked at the, the suspension letter. Her crime is that she was playing loud music at a match that you organized or at a walk that you organized. How is that a crime? No, we didn't say she committed crime. We said she she engaged in misconduct. Okay, so, so playing loud music, misconduct, explain please. Okay, so it's not just about playing of the music that is the issue. It is about the fact that um, her activities cause disunity and factionalism. You know, we've listed a various activities, uh, misconduct in the letter that day. So it's not just about going to play music. People have been playing music every day. 
And so it's not just about it, but it's about the intentions and the purpose uh, of doing it. That was the issue. Okay, so explain how the music caused this unity at your work. Okay, so like I said, I I wouldn't want to go into detail this apartheid issue, but you see, uh, this this is a program that was organized in a way at a time when uh, the party has a lot of apathy because of some developments in the constituency, and it was meant to bring everybody together to ensure that we keep up some hope into the people. So if at the gathering, anything that happened that then short, and indeed, it so happened that the party was divided on that day with some group going some other way, and another, the groups that were gathered for the party activity was divided, leading to some uh, um, unfortunate development, other development that day. Uh, it was it was not bad, and uh, that was the final straw that broke the cameras back anyway. Is it the case that you, as a constituency executive block, you have an issue with her? She led you in 2020, didn't she? Oh uh, yes, of course. We don't have issues with her, of course. You can imagine that uh, uh, we led her. It's not well with her in that that, that election, but we have had lots of issues of indiscipline, and we think that. Um, it's getting to a stage where we need to just ensure that there is discipline. That's all. So, so the indiscipline. Can you give one or two instances of indiscipline by your PC? Okay, so we, we, like I said, I'll go beyond what is in the letter. Um, you know, party issues generally are not supposed to be discussed in the to the public, but uh, this one has come to the public already, so that's why we can discuss that one. But what else has happened? That has not been so reported in that letter. Uh, unfortunately, I can't go to that one. So you can't tell us how she's dividing the party? I mentioned for that particular day. And other other ones that was not mentioned in the letter, I can't mention that one. Yeah, but people would want, now that it is it is out, the, the cat is out of the bag, it's, it's fair if you, if you shared more details with us. No, you know, uh, bear in mind, like you said, this is somebody who has been a PC before, and there's opportunity for her to uh, rectify these things and may still want to come back sometime to come and contest an election. And so I would want to go in a way that uh, I'll be running her down so that if she finally becomes a PC in the future, it becomes an issue for her. All right. So it means that your party remains divided because uh, you had organized a walk hoping to, to unite the party and uh, she comes and then you know, causes disruptions. You said that she was playing loud music instead of focusing on the program that was happening. She sort of divided the, the people who had come for the walk so people were not so even the, listening so the to the program. the loud music was not just, it's like I mentioned, it's not just about the loud music. It was at the timing of the loud music. You know, if you read the letter, there was a time that there was, you know, when party gathers, there must be an address to the gathering. And so when it's intentionally meant to disrupt the address to the people, and then also there was other activities that drew the crowd, separated them for the day, and leading to some misunderstanding between members of the party that were gathered on the day. Uh, you can imagine, and those ones have been described in our constitution, 
as misconduct sensor. We think that uh, some other things have happened earlier, and at, at this stage, we need to ensure that we have um, discipline. That's all. You also stated in your letter to her that your organizer engaged in fisticuffs. How, how is that her fault? Okay, so if you read that, it was because those of the party members that she got to act the way uh, that way that they would definitely not want to budge when they were prompted to to abate it, and so the organizer would want to get and them to stop that and so that led to the physical and so if she instructed the people to do what they were doing and uh, they will the people in enforcing her instruction led to the physical you can imagine that it, it's not it doesn't order well for the party this suspension does it have the blessing of the party at the regional and national level so the the constitution tells us that when you do so you must inform them and so We've referred it to the region, and the region will also, after their own level of uh, uh, activities, will also refer to the national. What next? Oh, so we look forward to what region we see, what national we see, uh, and so on and so forth. But for now, she remains suspended. To when? So the, the suspension is somehow reversed, if so. Or if she decides to, she knows what to do if she wants to get it reversed. It does not sound like the path is healthy in Sege, is it? It is. It how, is. How yes, so? Because and, 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 you are at a time where the NDC's MP has lost the internal primaries, but you also seem disorganized. Okay, so you see, it is for this reason why we want to ensure discipline. We want to maintain our our organized look and so we want to ensure that we don't leave any anything any stone on ten in uh, ensuring that so that's why we are taking this action this it is for that that reason to ensure that we look healthy we look organized we look disciplined we look focused united into the election that's why we want to ensure discipline we are told that your executive block is supporting another candidate aside this particular unit, Lassie. And it is for that reason that she decides then to disregard you because even before your internal primaries, you have taken or you have chosen a side. That, that cannot be true. Okay, so um, this the party is yet to open nominations. And so we cannot even be supporting one side yet. She has not declared intention to contest either. And so it couldn't be that she had declared intention and then uh, she has been disregarded also. All right. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us. Wish you all the thank best. You so keep an eye on your constituency. Thank you very much. That is the uh, constituency secretary for SEGE on, on the ticket of the New Patriotic Party, uh, Prince Akoto there, uh, speaking to us. We had um, booked an interview with the regional chairman divine i go home uh, to know what the party's positions are we've not been able to reach him uh, we've also um, had agreed to speak to Eunice Lassie, who is the npp parliamentary candidate for 2020 who has been suspended uh, unfortunately we are unable to get through to her if we do get through to her before the show ends we'll hear from her on what steps she's going to take uh, subsequent to this decision of her party this eyewitness news on 97.3 ctfm we are coming to you from our studios in 
Adabraka in Accra. Let's go to the national offices of the NPP now, shall we? Yes, and the party's flag bearer, hopeful Alan Tremartin, says it will be a privilege for him to lead the NPP to achieve the break the aid agenda. He made this known after filing his forms for the presidential primaries. The former trades minister says he is confident of victory in the upcoming primaries. He was accompanied by Minister of Railways Development Peter Amewu, Deputy Finance Minister Abinose Asari, some members of parliament including Sylvester Tete of Botiano English Yamanfo and Davis and Saopoku of Impriaso and the former General Secretary Speaking at the party headquarters, Alan Tramate indicated he will work to secure victory he voted for. It is with the greatest pleasure that I submit to you this afternoon my nomination forms duly completed to contest for the flag bearership of our great party. It will be an honor and privilege for me to lead this great party to a historic victory in December 2024 and usher into Ghana a new era of stability, growth, and prosperity. I'm accompanied um, to this uh, ceremony by a very powerful, distinguished representation from the Parliament of Ghana and also for a group of very dynamic young people of our great party, who, in my view, represent the future of the NPP. Alan, could you share my thing as NPP flag bearer hopeful? The former member of parliament for Adintan, former director of communications of the new patriotic party, Yao Bwabina Samoa, is a spokesperson, campaign spokesperson for the Alan Kojo Chamatin campaign. Uh, YB, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, you submitted your forms in person, didn't send people to do the submission. Any any particular reason your candidate did that? Because it's important. It's important that we show that his intent is genuinely and deeply, sincerely serious. He's serious about leading Ghana. He's serious about securing the flag bearership that will give him the space to lead Ghana. He's serious about the change he intends to bring. He's serious about creating prosperity for all. And, and so uh, he came forward himself to deliver his nomination papers. Again, remind us what he told party members who came there to support him, why he should be the guy who should be on the flag for the NPP. Now, the, the core of it is that, given the current situation in Ghana, you need a candidate for the NPP the Ghanaians are willing to accept as the way forward. And and that is the bottom line that Mr. Chimatin has appealed across various strata of society in Ghana. And and that what is important now that the MPP recognizes that appeal and puts him forward as the flag bearer. So believe but if the MPP selects Mr. Chimatin, Ghanaians are very, very likely to vote for him, and that is how you break the eight. You break the eight with a candidate that many Ghanaians favor. And and he is a guy who can break the eight for you. Does it mean he's the only one who can break the eight so that 
at the end of um, August or November, if we do not see Alan on the on the flag, we are certain that MPP will not break the eight. That is why we compete. We expect to put this across the delegates, and we are working very hard at it. And as we speak, we have a very deep conviction that a majority of delegates who are going to select the flag bearer have accepted the message that Mr. Chiamating is the right one to present the people of Ghana. Only one person will be selected. And that one person must come with the qualities that will secure us victory. It cannot be the case that anybody, one sense, will be accepted. Because don't forget, this conventional situation where it's been swinging around in eight-year cycle, we are at the end of that eight-year cycle where many may assume that it will swing in the other direction. So you need to break that stranglehold because it comes with detrimental effect on the national economy where after eight years everything is swept aside and things start afresh. Development cannot conclude in eight years. And therefore, the thesis MPP is running now is that given the opportunity, if we break the eight, we will consolidate the best of what we've done, improve what needs improving, and bring up a new vision that will create sustainable prosperity for our people. And the one person who is associated with creating prosperity, the one person who has a powerful record in job creation, the one person who we believe has the competence and capacity to make a difference, given the relevance of his expertise to the needs of Ghana now, creating jobs, expanding the economy, creating opportunities, creating uh, uh, sustainable incomes, is Mr. Chematin. So it's not a question of whether uh, we break the eight with him or not. We believe that with him, we can break the eight. So it's, it's a question of impressing upon delegates that he is the right choice. Yeah. And it is not a negotiable situation. The economy is not in good shape. Um, what would be the island strategy? Would he align with the state of affairs and the Akufado government and say, I was part of it, I would defend it, or to wash his hands off and say that he's going to chart a different path? If you recall the great transformational plan, the broadcaster Mr. Chamatin gave at the beginning uh, when he initially moved out of government to start his campaign, he says it very clearly in that document that he, his is a foundation of what has been achieved. He's part of this government. He was part of the four government. So the entire collective MPP policies over the period are his domain. And he's been part of this government. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't say anywhere that he dislikes this government. But what he has said is that there are things we could have done differently. There are things we probably could have done better. So when he comes in, the same element of the GDP is a macro, a stable macro environment. And that is what we are all seeking to achieve the IMF uh, program. And then he kicks in the GDP, which means even as the IMF program is agreed to restabilize the government, he has a plan on the table already to grow the government. And that is the great transformational plan. He is the only candidate at the moment who has a coherent plan that can be interrogated by anybody willing to do so. And that plan 
recognizing the need for macro stability. It's a continuation and an improvement and an acceleration of what we have now. What's next for the campaign? We are still talking to delegates. We have uh, uh, probably a superdelegates uh, conference ahead of us and then the actual conference in November. Our duty now, our job now, is to engage delegates to the best of our ability. And that is what we are doing and will continue doing. Wish you all the best and thank you for speaking to us. It's a pleasure, sir. That's Yaobo Abina Samoa, lawyer, former member of parliament, uh, campaign spokesperson, Alan Kojo Chamantin. Uh, campaign team. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. Talking about the MPP, we brought you a story a short while ago which has to do uh, with the NPP in the Sege constituency. We spoke to the uh, constituency secretary, Prince Akoto. Uh, it has to do with the suspension of the party's uh, parliamentary candidates for 20. 20. Eunice Lassie is her name, and she's joining us on the line. Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much. Have you received this suspension letter that uh, is in publication on citynewsroom.com and other portals? Yes, please. What's your reaction to that? Thank you very much. I want to say good evening to all your listeners. I have this letter from the Constituency Executive last Thursday. Okay, and what, what do you make of it? Sorry? What do you make of it, the suspension letter? Uh, to me, it's uh, just a normal letter. Because you've organized um, the content of the suspension letter. Um, and my offense was you've organized uh, unity work, NPP unity work, and the constraint. So I attended the unity work. When I got there, I realized that all the constraints, almost all of them, were in a particular candidate or aspirant's t-shirt. And I was like, no, this is not a unity work. If it's a unity work, you as a constituency executive, you should stay in neutral so that we go and do our policies, go for our election. Whoever imagines the winner, you can work with the person, but you cannot take sides. Well, even nominations have not been open. We've not even filed yet. You've not even closed nomination yet. You cannot support a candidate. So if that's what they are going to do, then I have to also organize myself and my people. So we also have a, a, a work within the unity work. And that's what happened. So you had a subsect within the bigger bracket of the party doing your own work, chanting your own uh, chants and singing your own songs and playing your own music. That's what's happening. Parallel work, if you like. You know, my intention of bringing that music there was not to destroy their work. Just to bring, you know, it's MPP unity work. You understand? So I also think that, okay... If that would be like, let me help with my machine. So I called my people to just fix the machine uh, in case there is um, a need for them to come around to support the work. I will call them. So when I got to the ground at Nakonkobi, that's why I find out that all of them, almost all of them, excuse me, almost all of them wear in Doji's um, t shirt So I asked my people to come with the machine. I can't go back. I can't go back because I also have my people on the ground. I can't go back. Your so I have to organize myself. Your constituency secretary, Prince Akoto, was he part of the people wearing the T-shirt of the other candidate? No, please. But the chairman, the woman organizer, I think there's deputy uh, youth organizer, a few of them. So they don't like you? I don't have a problem whoever likes me or not. 
because uh, it has happened before. It's still on record. Our last four years parliamentary race that we went, none of them supported me. So me, I don't have problem with who they support or not, but not to the extent of organizing MPP work. I got there and it became a dodgy work. That's why I don't want to take from them. So I decided, no, I won't take this from them. Then I also had to organize my people. So I talked to them and allowed them to also have fun. Because at a point, you could see they were just doing the thing. I said, it's about Doji and not even the MPP. What if it was Doji who financed and organized the work and not the party necessarily? So what stops them from making that announcement that Doji is having a, a, a unity work? So why then the MPP uh, unity work? In the moment you said it's a unity work, which means there is a crack. That's why you're calling for unity work. What stops you from saying it's Doji's work? If I want to do a work in Sega constituency, it will be a work with Lassie or something. But I can't say uh, MPP unity work. No. Okay, so you disrupted the, the work. That's what the party is accusing you of. You agree that you did the disruption? I didn't disrupt the work. They deceived the public. Oh, they, the said, they, they say you were playing the music. Anytime they want to speak, you keep playing music. And it's a lie. It's a lie. They asked my people to lower their music so they can speak. We did that. I wish I could tell all the chairman, any of them should come on this platform and tell the whole public that we didn't even off our machine for them to speak. We did that. They said you brought your own private security to the ground because you it's knew you were they say you knew it's you were, you were going to come with violence and even led to a fisticuffs between the organizer and some members of your group. To be honest with you, it is not my own private security. They are party members. They are party members. And they got irritated from the way they announced and uh, projected the work. It was like, uh, we're having a unity work, this person will be coming, and my name was omitted. So they know there is a problem. So they all came in their numbers. I mean, I don't have problem with that. Why should you say I bought my security guy? How are Why you, are you saying that? How are you proceeding now? Uh, you have been served a suspension notice. What steps are you taking? Are you just going to watch it roll out or you're going to challenge it? What's the plan? I'm just going to respond to it. But before I do that, I want them to give me a report from the disciplinary committee because they invited me. The disciplinary committee in the constituency invited me and asked me the same questions, and I gave them my response to why it happened like that. I even end up saying, oh, if that is the problem, then just tell executives that I'm sorry, because the respect is reciprocal. That's what I told them. So I was also demanding that I need the report from the disciplinary committee. And they were like, no, they can't give me, but the report they gave to chairman was not what he sent to me. Last Saturday, the communication officer of the party in Sega constituency went to Okoliasen to tell them that the report from the uh, disciplinary committee is what they've written and sent to me as a, a, a suspension letter. So they had all those reports from the disciplinary committee that they need to suspend me. So quickly I called them, but because this is not what we discussed. So I called them, and they were like, no, that was not what we presented to them. So Eunice, if you think we are lying, just request for the, the report. All so right. that's what's happening. Okay, we'll be following this story. Uh, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you very much. That's Eunice Lassie. She's NPP parliamentary, or she was NPP parliamentary candidate for the 2020 election. She's just been suspended by her party executives in the constituency who say that uh, she was engaging in misconduct, for which reason 
they handed her down uh, that suspension. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Up next, Netele Nete is in studio with the latest in the world of business. And then we have the City Business Festival, the on-air series coming up next. Tonight's topic is on building strong SME brands. The guest is Dr. Andrea Iku. He is a lecturer at the University of Professional Studies and uh, he will be engaging Bernard Kokwavle. Please stay tuned in. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, proudly brought to you by citybusinessnews.com. Let's settle for the details now. The Association of Ghana Industries has reiterated calls for government to implement favorable policies that will give local industries a competitive edge under the African continental free trade area. The association maintains that the constant imposition of taxes and the surge in the cost of doing business in the country has led to the escalation of prices of goods produced locally, which may cause a fallout of producers under the African continental free trade area. Chonam Clancy Akbelo is the Greater Accra Chairman of the Association and he's been speaking to City Business News. Given that in this era that we're supposed to be competing in the free market, uh, the, the African Union continental free market, the competition will essentially be based on price and quality. And if you are being burdened on a daily basis of some of these taxes, it would naturally make the cost of your goods higher and make you uncompetitive in, in, in this era of continental free trade. We may have the headquarters in Accra, but there is no guarantee for success in, in trading. The people who will be successful in the free market are people who are able to compete favorably on price and quality. And clearly Ghana is not one of those countries that's able to compete on price because of all of these taxes compared with the cost of doing business in Ghana. You know that utility prices have gone up in recent times. You know, the cost of doing business has gone up high. The inflation rate is all-time high, in excess of 40%. So, businesses are truly challenged. That was the Greater Accra Chairman of the Association of Ghana Industries, Chunam Klense Akbelu. The Ghana Chamber of Mines is impressing on the government to deepen engagements with players within the mining industry to reconsider the growth and sustainability levy as it has a crippling effect on the sector. This follows the implementation of the growth and sustainability levy and two other new taxes that were introduced on Monday, May 1, 2023. Speaking at the 95th Annual General Meeting of the Chamber, President of the Ghana Chamber of Mines, Joseph Mortorti, indicated that the levy could potentially jeopardize the taxation environment. The non-deductibility nature of the growth and stability levy in particular could be described as an aberration from global practices as it effectively increases the risk borne by investors in Ghana's mining sector without a complementary compensation measure from the government. This trend could foul the taxation environment and turn it into something else from what it currently is. More so, the levy endangers the continuous operations of our mines and risks curtailing the expected cash flows associated with their impose. Such an outcome would not only hurt the state's revenue objectives, but also threaten the security of employment, businesses of mining support services companies, as well as mining firms' um, continued investment in their host communities. Furthermore, 
The immediate application of the levy will lead to an increase in the cost of operation at a time when the financials of the companies have already been concluded without considering the impact of the impost. Joshua Mortorti is the president of the Ghana Chamber of Mines. And finally, Fitch Ratings has affirmed the credit ratings of some Nigerian banks operating in Ghana, including Access Bank, Guarantee Trust Holding Company, and Zenith Bank. The affirmations underscore the stability of these banks and their prominent positions in the banking sector. Fitch affirmed Access Bank's PLC long-term issuer default rating at B- with a stable outlook. It also affirmed the creditworthiness of the Guarantee Trust Holding Company, subsidiaries of Guarantee Trust Holding Bank. Zenith Bank's national long-term rating was also affirmed at AA- with a stable outlook. And that's it for City Business News on Eyewitness News, which was powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netelinete Ajaho. Have a good evening. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City 973. Ah, you know you put my seat down.